Good morning. I want to welcome you to Daring Dialogues. Those of you who are also listening by Anchor and Spotify and Google Play. I hope you are having a great and wonderful day. It's got to be greater than mine. It's got to be. Um, yeah. When you're dealing with relationships, my number one rule is don't disrespect me or my husband. Those two things, yeah. I won't get into it here because I prefer to have conversations with the people who have offended me. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a gossip blogger, so I don't, you know, go online and start ranting about people who have offended me and calling them out of their name and you know, just putting them on blast. That's just not my style. That's not what I do. So, let's talk a little bit about Black Panther. Did you see Black Panther? Because I said I was going to give people until Wednesday before I start talking about this film. Now, there has been, I would say, some mixed reviews about it. Um... And to me, the mixed reviews are mainly coming from um, people who do not understand the Marvel Comics universe, people who maybe have not followed the comic series, so they don't know that um, a lot of the storyline that we are seeing does come directly from the comic books. Like, once Black Panther 1 was over, I went ahead and started kind of digging into the comic series itself. And so I saw um, that there would be coming down the pipeline some um, same-sex relationships between the characters because it's also in the comics. So if that, you know, caught people off guard, you know, it's because they were not paying attention to what is actually in the comic series itself. But also, um, one person said they felt that it was too... Um, geared towards women and womanhood and woman power and I was like really because the entire film was about honoring Chadwick and honoring his memory and mourning his memory Um, so I found that to be a little strange Um, I guess it depends on the lens by which you see life (laughs) because to me I was like you start off the film, you know, I don't want to give too much away. Um, I won't give too many spoilers. I'll just talk in principle. But you start off in the film being drawn into this service that is happening on behalf of Chadwick. So to say that this movie was too much about women lets me know that you missed the overall theme of the film, which is that their leader was gone. And how were they going to move forward with their leader being gone? Was there going to be another Black Panther? If so, who would that person be? And in the midst of that, you had a larger storyline with, um, you know, the the nemesis, uh, Namor. And they really did a good job, I would say, um, describing and painting a picture of the relationship between 
oppressed people groups. I will say it that way. Because the Wakandans, as we know, they had vibranium. And then there was another um, group, Namor's group, that also had their own, you know, power, right? And a lot of the storyline centered on whether or not the black and the brown people were going to fight each other or whether or not they were going to understand that they had a greater enemy, which was people who wanted their resources to be able to extract them and use them for their own gain. So to me, that was the larger message in there. I want to read a couple of uh, statements that I found that sort of um, gel with kind of some things that I got out of it. Uh, one Facebook user said, the, the portrayal of the colonizer was very realistic. And the fact that the colonizers in the film had distracted two warring factions by pitting them against one another rather than against the real and greedy threat of people stealing their resources. They said, I think it's a very timely commentary on the reality of anti-blackness and the lack of unity within what they call the POC collective. I'm not a person of color. I'm a black indigenous person, but I know people use that. Then they said, the tenuous allegiance is a nod to all grassroots organizations that are doing the continuous challenging work of building and maintaining bridges and allegiances with and amongst each other in the face of pushback from within and reinforce efforts at sabotage from those who benefit the most from our division and infighting. I thought that was very good. Um, <clears throat> let's see what else. There was a, a um, real notable spotlight on Haiti, on the um, indigenous people there, on their grief, um, on their history as well. But the thing that stood out to me in terms of this being Relationship Wednesday, and just one thing that I wanted to point out overall about the film was I did enjoy seeing the women come together to stand up right to uphold their traditions their culture and what their kingdom stood for i enjoyed that i enjoyed seeing i don't even think there was one scene of like female cattiness in this film i was like this is a breath of fresh air <laughs> all of the women um were pretty much cooperating with each other um, you know, there is one scene to where, you know, someone has to be called to task, but it was because she failed in her duty, not that she was being called to task um, in a vindictive way or a manipulative way or an undermining way, but it was simply she failed at her job and there had to be a response for the fact that she failed at her job. Um, so I really enjoyed the seeing the black women um come together i enjoyed seeing black women uplift each other 
and compliment each other. I enjoy seeing black women uh, in tech, right? Um, designing things and figuring out things. I enjoyed the scientific part of the film. I enjoyed seeing a older generation, a middle-aged generation, and a younger generation of black women all working together to save a society and save a civilization. Those were some noteworthy things. I enjoyed the fact that the older women were not trying to undermine or undercut or um, feel that the younger um, character in this film needed to be destroyed or needed to be taken out. But they actually sort of took her under their wing and did what they could to protect her. I think all of that was amazing and beautiful. And the fact that people cannot see that in this film is really, really concerning. <laughs> yeah. So if you have not gone to see it, um, and there is, you know, there is a, a hint of same-sex relationship in this film, but I will tell you this. The people who are talking about it are on two different ends of the spectrum because on one end, I see people saying, oh my God, why do they have to put that in there? But then on the other spectrum, I see the actual LGBTQIA community saying they didn't go far enough. They should have had a more prominent feature in the film. So on both sides of the spectrum, neither side is satisfied. I'll just say when when I noticed it, it wasn't noticeable in the film. So, yeah, that's what I have to say on that. Neither side is, is satisfied either about the representation of it being in there at all or on the other side that they felt like it wasn't represented enough and it wasn't as clear and as, you know, threaded throughout the script as that community would have liked. I'm like, is the story about that or is the story about civilization needing to be saved regardless of who's in the civilization? I thought that was the whole point. I thought the whole point was the civilization need to be saved regardless of who is a part of the civilization or are we not doing that anymore? Like where, where, where are we going with this? Okay. So that's what I wanted to share about this film. Um, that's all I'm planning to talk about today. So this may be a very, very short broadcast, um, if you have not seen the film, but I would encourage you to go see it. There are lots of themes in there about, um, friendship, grief, mourning, how to deal with grief and mourning. Um, I thought it was very well done that the characters were allowed to be strong, but also allowed to feel what they felt and go through their emotional and grieving process. Um, I think that was good to show on film that black women could be strong, they can be fierce, they can be nurturing, they can be gentle. Like you did get a chance to see the kind of the full a gamut 
of a black woman in this film. So I thought that was very good. Um, one lesson I would take away from the film overall had to do with both of these vulnerable civilizations because of what they contained. Um, realizing that each one of them had a vulnerability that they had to be willing to show to the other and not exploit each other. So, I mean, one lesson that I could take away from that is um, if you're going to be vulnerable, you have to be careful of who you're being vulnerable with, but also understand that that person in order to connect with you as well is also showing you a level and a measure of vulnerability as well. Um, there was a point in the film where uh, Namor, the, um, the Mexican god, I believe, um, where he felt like because he had been vulnerable and because he had shown um, where, where they live, their position, their location, he felt like he had compromised the people who counted on him to keep their civilization going. And because he felt like he had compromised them, it led to his anger and then it led to some other catastrophic things that happened in the film that I won't go into because I don't want to spoil it. But the lesson that I take out of that again is not being so quick also to show your position or show your hand or show your resources or um, show your secrets. And there's a lot to be said about that. There are actually some biblical stories too that relate to re relate to that principle and that concept, I believe with, um, who was it? Hezekiah, where, you know, he had some visitors that came to his kingdom and you know, he was like, let me show you around. So he literally showed them around. He showed them the people. He showed them the weapons. He showed them, you know, their natural resources. And he showed them the treasures. So when those people came back and they literally ransacked everything, I mean, he really had no one to kind of blame but himself for that. So just a lot of uh, good lessons overall in this film. Again, I didn't want to do any spoilers because I know people are still in the process of watching it. So probably um, next week we may come back to some themes once more people have had an opportunity to see it. But those are some things I wanted to, um, to share. So if you would like to come join me in some conversation today <clears throat> around these principles of vulnerability, principles of uh, marginalized communities coming together, the global, I call it the global majority, um, being vulnerable in relationships, the process of grief, any of those things you want to talk about today, come and join me and let's talk. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am good. I'm over here trying to manifest some happiness and stay calm. 
Religious-minded people never get the principle. Got it. Okay. They're always looking for everything else. Like the same-sex relationship, women in power, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. That's what. Those are negatives for them. So those two things alone make them lose out everything else that went on in, in, in the movie. I haven't seen the movie yet. Just like, are we? Are we I'm like, are we not aware of history? <laughs> there, no, there have been women in power before. Yes. Matter of fact, I had a conversation with someone. I think it was yesterday or Monday mm-hmm. concerning women in power because he, he's very negative about women in power. And I said, well, uh, what about Deborah? I said, what about the pastors and apostles that were in the New Testament? I'm like, what about those? I say, so tell me about those. Break that down to me. That means it show me where they're not supposed to be in any type of leadership. I mean, I'm just kind of thinking of all of the women who have been in power and they did not have their society continually at war. Oh, another thing. We touched on that too because he was saying, woman in power, man, we'll be fighting all the time. I say, no, no, no. I say, What's going on with men in power? I say, let's start right there. The men in power. There's always turmoil. Mm-hmm. Always. See, people got this notion that this least little thing upset a woman and she responds with war. Want to fight. She's going to lose. She's going to have a bad day. She's going to want to fight. Uh, now, that's the, that's, that's, that's the uh, uh, chauvinistic male's point of view. Yeah, I mean, all, all we have to do is just look up. I, I just looked up 15 of the most powerful women in history. Here's one. Most people have heard of her husband, but a lot of people have not heard of her. Bort Eugen. She was the wife of Genghis Khan and the empress of uh-huh. the Mongolian Empire, the largest land empire in uh-huh. history. Get this. She was one of his most trusted advisors and ruled the uh-huh. homeland in the long periods when he would have to go away to war. In other words, in Ezra. And she didn't take over the kingdom. Go figure. Uh-huh. <laughs> Here's another one. Uh-huh. The- Theodora. Well, let me show you the picture of, of the first one. I'll bring her up here. Uh-huh. 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 Bort Eugen. That's her. Okay. Theodora, let, let me give you another one. I'm trying to skip the people that most people know. Highly influential empress of the Byzantine Empire and a saint of the Eastern Orthodox Church. She was married to Emperor Justinian. She was his most trusted advisor. She controlled foreign affairs and legislation. She put down riots and fought for the rights of women, passing anti-trafficking laws 
and improving divorce proceedings when necessary. Theodora. Okay? So, again, we have to ask ourselves, when did this notion really come into being that women are unfit to lead or women are unfit to be in power? Because that is a fairly modern idea. Uh-huh. It's fairly modern. Because there were plenty of women in power. And it was not... Uh-huh. It was not this thing that we're trying to make it today. Here's another one. Uh-huh. Hat Shepsuit. She was a woman. Mm-hmm. Ancient Egypt. She was a pharaoh considered to be one of the country's most successful rulers. She oversaw major building projects, military campaigns into Nubia, Syria, and the Levant and rebuilt the broken trade networks. I just need people to read and learn and stop why, being ignorant. Why when, it's, <laughs> why when it's so much easier to have a person to tell you what they want you to think and you believe it? Reading, reading, requires, reading requires a little effort on your part. Too many people don't want that. They don't want to put forth any effort. So. They'll go to they'll go to a church service, and the pastor can tell them anything, and they believe it and follow it. They won't read for themselves, see, because that verse is, that tells you to study to show yourself approved and work rightly dividing the word of truth and all that. Did you not be ashamed and all that good stuff? Mm-hmm. Rip that out of the Bible, because we ain't gonna read that part. We don't want to know that part. We just want to sit and listen. So, I had an idea. I had this conversation with somebody about, they were talking about negative about women and stuff and what's going on in the Bible. I said, well, okay, why don't we do this? <laughs> why don't we rip out every page in the Bible that has a woman in it doing something? You know how many nations would be wiped out if, we, if they were eliminated? I mean, Esther for one. Esther. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's go. Let's go. Let's talk about Abigail that was married, married to Nabal. And she saved the whole camp by pushing David when David was on his way to kill them all. Mm-hmm. But no, she should have been in the house cooking, making sure all the bath water was, was done and all that stuff so everybody in the camp could have died. And that's the position she should have took. She had no business going out there. Talking to this little man, David, that was coming to kill every man in the camp. Had no business doing that. Wow. It, it, it bothers my mind. Some of the, I know you say intellectually challenged, but I got to use the word stupid. Some of the stupidity. Seriously, because it's just plain stupidity. I'm going to give you, listen, I know this got nothing to do with what we're talking about right now, but then again, it does because it has to do with uh, black history. Um. Uh, this conversation with, with you know, uh, Kyrie and those are still going on. Mm-hmm. And so it was a statement made, and I responded to it about, you know, with the statement of us, you know, our history. Mm-hmm. And we even have history here before the before America was discovered, and I put that in quotation marks, before America, you know, there were black tribes here. You know, this guy come on and his response was, 
tells the indigenous love black, you know, love Africa so much. I'm like, I wanted to ask him, are you stupid? Really, I did. I said, I didn't say anything about the indigenous loving black people. But what I said was factual. Many black people have Indian heritage. Right. I said, that's fact. Mm-hmm. You know, so what your argument is, I really don't know, but I did say this now. I did say this. So read what I said, comprehend it, do some research before you make yourself look stupid. Mm-hmm. I did say that. That I did say. I, listen, if I need to apologize to you, Shanti, because you taught me not to use that word, I apologize. <laughs> but, man, I didn't say some of the things that I wanted to say. Because this was the way, listen, we're in the United States. And how far he was off, he was somewhere else in the whole entire universe. Mm-hmm. I said nothing about indigenous, what we call Indians, loving Africans. That wasn't even in my conversation. But I did go here too. I said, well, well I said, history and memory of me reading and studying, I said, you should know this too. Serves me right. We have plenty more lives on. White and black people. Whites that hate it. I say, so to base everything you 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 talk to, talk about this love thing to base reproducing on love? No, you're making yourself look stupid. <laughs> really. I mean seriously, because I didn't even say anything concerning that, not even close. I just said that many Africans have Native American yeah, people will, they will take you off on a tangent if you let them. I brought this up. I have a uh, a list here. I just said, let me just, let me just type in things we would not have without women. These are things that have been invented by women that we could not live without. Number one, the car heater. A woman invented that in 1893. The fire escape. A woman invented that in 1887. The life raft. You know, the thing you hop into when you're trying to escape a sinking boat. Invented in 1882. Residential solar heating. Invented in 1947. The medical syringe. You know that you get all your medicine in. Yeah, that lots of men need right they got to go to the doctor and get things applied to their bodies through the syringe invented in 1899 the modern refrigerator electric invented in 1914 the computer algorithm invented in 1842 so the very thing the very algorithms that you're using to talk through to talk trash about women was invented by a woman. Go figure. <laughs> Telecommunications technology. A black woman. She is the person behind the touch tone telephone, solar cells, fiber optic cables, and the technology behind caller ID and call waiting. The dishwasher, of course, invented by a woman, 1887. <laughs> Wireless transmission technology, 
for radio controlling invented by a woman. This actually paved the way for everything from Wi-Fi to GPS. Closed circuit television security invented by a black woman used for home security and the police workforce today. Central heating 1919 computer software by one of the hidden figures in the 1940s yeah so things you wouldn't have without a woman just gotta marinate on that for a moment so my thing is if you got that much problems with women then get off the internet Stop using these algorithms. These evil algorithms invented by women. <laughs> you know what? I, you know what? I say that same thing when those other people say that you guys have never done anything. I'm like, okay, we invented this, 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 this. Stop using them. We'll, we'll see what we're really worth at that point. You just stop using them. What would the world be working yeah. with? Traffic light, refrigeration truck, uh, all those type of things. You know, a whole, a whole slew, of, slew of things. The assembly, auto assembly line, a whole slew of things. The breathing apparatus, the firefighters, a bunch of stuff. What have you all invented? Well, what have, huh? what have they invented? Theft? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well... I mean, not too far from it if they didn't. They didn't even invent theft, you know. But we know, we know well, who's, that's true. We that's know true. who's we the know, father we know of it. Is. Yeah. yeah, we know. We know where that's at, yeah. Still but, kill so and destroy. But if that's your modus operandi, then we got to say, who's your daddy? Mm-hmm. That's right. Who's your daddy? Because that's his modus that's operandi. That's, Still that's, kill, destroy. Yeah. That's right. That's your daddy. And if all that's, if that's the only thing that's coming out of you 99% of the time, then we're going to say, who is your daddy? Uh-huh. That's what we're going to say. Yeah. Pastor Ben, uh-huh. thank you for your time today. This has been great. You're, you're welcome. I encourage people to go see this film. There are lots of lessons in there about community, the global world, partnership. There are lots of warnings. He threaded some things through there. Ryan Coogler, shout out to him. I believe Ryan Coogler knows who we are as well. He just, he puts it in his artwork. Sometimes you gotta be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So there are some, there's some nice little nuggets in there. Um, But yeah, go check it out. This has been another episode of Daring Dialogues, and I've been your host today, Shantae Charles. Remember, light is the most daring opposition to darkness. So go out and be what, Pastor Ben? Light. Be light. Take care, everyone, and God bless.